come at the beginning of May to celebrate Mother's Day. Many churches celebrate this in some form or fashion, but it's becoming publicly more difficult to do so because there are so many painful stories about motherhood. And indeed, the question of motherhood is one that has come under challenge in our society. Welcome to this podcast from Two Ways Ministries. I'm Philip Jensen. And I want to talk to you about that great commandment of God that we have in Moses. Honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And while this commandment gets us to honour our parents, I especially want us to pay attention to honouring our mothers. For it's not just fathers in a patriarchal society that would be honoured but the commandment says explicitly honour your mother so how how do we honour our parents how do we honour our mothers about 20 years ago I read a story and have retold the tale of two women Uh, the first is a woman called Pat Rolls she and her husband Brian had triplets, three sons, Cameron, Vaughan and Nigel. In 1999, they were written up in the Sydney Morning Herald, and indeed a book has come out about her and her her raising of her boys. The boys at that stage were 24, and the newspaper had written them up because, well, Pat had seen two of her boys become lawyers. She was still fighting for her son, Nigel, because he was blind and autistic and needed special care. But the reason for the celebration of the other two boys, Cameron and Vaughan, was because they were graduating in law from Macquarie University, but they also were blind, for all three children were born blind. Today, many years later, uh, one of them is a lecturer in law at the Australian National University down in Canberra, and the other is a practising solicitor in Sydney. I haven't really found out what has further happened with Pat and her husband and what has happened with Nigel, but it really was a story worth telling. It was a story of a woman who had fought to keep her boys in the mainstream of education, fought for their rights in the system, forced the system to adapt to cope with them, saw them grow into fine young men. I mean, she said her dreams for her children were like everyone's, to have learning experiences that that aren't too traumatic, that they find partners in their lives and are basically happy. She said it would be Pollyanna to say that they are never going to have anything go wrong in their lives. And as best I can see, these two boys have gone on to have children and to have very effective and important lives in our society. It's a a good feeling story, isn't it? Anyone who has triplets deserves to be congratulated for raising them to adulthood, but three, born blind, this woman really does deserve to be honoured in every way. Uh, The second woman, I won't use her name, but she was the founder of the Child Free Zone website. Uh, Let me quote from that website as she describes herself and her husband. She says they knew 
in their early 20s that they didn't want to have children and were lucky enough to find a like-minded partner. They met at work and married less than 12 months later. Now in their early 30s and living in D.Y. on Sydney's north beaches, they, they wonder how they would ever find time to be parents. She is, quote, a, a public relations consultant with a Bachelor of Arts in Communication, speaks German and was currently learning Italian. She goes to the gym and is only slightly obsessive about cats. She's an active member of the BMW Drivers Club of New South Wales and enjoys motorsport and recently became WIRE's volunteers performing rescues of Australia's injured and sick wildlife. <laughs> you couldn't get two women further apart, could you? One the mother of three boys that she raises, and one the mother of a movement and a website, obsessive about cats. Motherhood and apple pie have long been said to the two things that, well, like death and taxes, you just can't do without. But Mother's Day becomes more and more difficult as motherhood becomes more and more challenged. Uh, Mother's Day's will always be with us because it's a commercial bonanza. You know, Easter is over, there's chocolate left over, and so we now got to do something with it, so we repackage it for Mother's Day. And there's not much of a financial bonanza now until Father's Day. So with the shops wanting Mother's Day, it will always be with us. But Mother's Day was actually a, a Christian foundation. If you want to find out more about it, you can read up on a woman called Anna Jarvis, who actually created it just about 110 years ago. It was founded in churches. It was a practice of churches. And in fact, Anna Jarvis spent the rest of her adult life fighting against the commercialization of the day that she had founded, the Mother's Day. And she did it because she was Christian and had Christian values and wanted to honour her very Christian mother. It's not surprising that motherhood would be celebrated from Christianity because Christians understand creation and we understand sacrifice, the sacrifice of loving other people, of other people-centred living. <laughs> Non-Christians, of course, experience motherhood and experience something of creation and of sacrifice through motherhood, but they don't always understand it as such the intellectual chattering classes who have a new understanding of life, they, they have come to try and understand life without motherhood. Well, you can't really have life without motherhood, but they have come to downgrade motherhood. Caught up in that famous phrase, oh, I'm just a mum. As if being a mum was minor and unimportant and insignificant. Well, people do think it's a bit that way these days, don't they? Why do they say, I'm just a mum? Well, because being mum's just so normal, it's nothing extraordinary. Everybody has one after all. Or because they're not doing any other task. You know, it's, I'm just a mum. I'm not a mum and a lawyer. I'm just a mum. Or because it's really such a very unimportant task to do. I mean, I'm not doing anything special. I'm, I'm not going to the moon. I'm not an astronaut. I'm not, an, I'm not a neurologist. I'm not a specialist doctor. I'm just what everybody can do. I'm a mum. Or 
It, it, because society despises the role. I mean, children are awful and and mothers are so boring. When you're at a party and they ask you what you do and you just say, well, I'm a mum, they change the subject and move on to some other topic, don't they? Because you're not an interesting person if you're just a mum. And, well, some people also think, we've got too many children, we should stop breeding, and you being a mum is not a particularly nice thing. <laughs> There's a whole range of reasons why people use this phrase, just a bum, but I want to get rid of that word just, because it's not just a mum. A mum is really important. But what is a mother? Well, it's got to do with procreation, obviously, but procreation's just the beginning of the task. It's not just a task, it's, it's more than a task, isn't it? A mother is a relationship. The, the activity of of birth, the activity of, of nursing the young child, creates a special bond, a special bond which is so important for the psychiatric well-being of the child. It's so important to us in that very vulnerable stage of the first year or two of, of life, but it's a relationship that doesn't finish then. It's a relationship that changes the woman and of course, changes the child, develops the child, gives life and stability and security to the child. Uh, being a mum is not a job. It's, it's not what you do. It's what you are. It's who you become. And there's no retirement age for being a mum. Mums keep on being mothers for the rest of their lives. It's... Well, it's part of creation. It's what God has created us. Uh, Malachi chapter 2 says, Has not the Lord made them one, husband and wife that is? In flesh and spirit they are his, and why one? Because God was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with your wife of your youth. See, God's plan for uniting the the man and the woman, into one flesh, was the production not just of children but of godly children. And that unity of husband and wife, of mother and father, is so important for the development of the child. Motherhood has great joy but also great sorrows. It's, it's painful and dangerous because of our sin and because of God's judgment upon us. Remember how God spoke to the woman in the garden? I'll greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pains you'll give birth to children. And so sadly, giving birth is a dangerous activity and a painful activity. The whole of the life of a woman is so affected by the pains of reproduction. But it's, it's not just the physical pains of reproduction. It's also, it's also the relational pains. And the book of Proverbs says lots about mums. Chapter 10, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son brings joys to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. Or later in chapter 17, a foolish son brings grief to his father, 
and bitterness to the one who bore him. And so a mother is a life. It's a way of living. But motherhood has become unpopular. Unpopular at the level of actually happening in our society. See, back in the 1960s, there were, on average, 3.5 children per woman in Australia. It was a boom time, the post-war baby boomers. It was a great boom time in terms of motherhood. It was higher than in other periods of Australian history. But that was the kind of time back in the 1960s. However, since then, it has been dropping steadily. And last year, 2021, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, the average is down to 1.58. We need 2.1 just for the population to be replaced. But we're at the lowest point we've ever been. Now, last year may have been made worse because of the COVID uh, epidemic, but the trend was heading in that direction already. It was not seriously different from previous years. Now, why? Why has there been this huge drop in, in the numbers of children given to this world by the women of Australia, by the men of Australia? There's lots of reasons. All kinds of speculation from all kinds of people. There's all kinds of factors. It's not just one reason that is there. But in the discussions, one that is rarely paid any attention to that I want to suggest is that the social rebellion of our society has been against God. And that is one of the chief reasons why motherhood has become unpopular. For example, the Australian Bureau of Statistics reported way back in 2000 that the lowest birth rate in Australia was amongst atheists. <laughs> the newspapers were a little surprised and shocked and they made fun of the fact that it was especially atheists in Victoria and with university degrees so that they could see there was something wrong with Victorian university graduates who were atheists, but it actually makes sense for a Christian understanding of the world. Because it's people rejecting God that moves our society into the rejection of children, child raising and motherhood. For in rejecting God we reject creation and we reject the sacrifice of love. But you will say, look, Philip, you can't just argue that way and of course... I can if I want to, and you cannot have children if you want to. It's a free country. But let me show you why the objections that are usually raised to those kinds of arguments are not true. You see, one objection is, I know some atheists, and they, they actually love children and have got a big family. And I say, yes, that's true. Individual exceptions, of course, don't really change overall generalizations. The generalization can be true with extraordinary individual exceptions. But you can say, yes, but generalizations are not the same as stereotypes. And I'm saying, yes, that's right. 
To say that in general it is the atheists who have the lowest birth rate is not to say you're an atheist, therefore you must not have children. It doesn't follow, does it? And others will say, well, but correlation does not prove causation. Just because there's been a low birth rate at the time at which people turned away from God doesn't mean that turning away from God is the cause. And I'm saying, no, it's not the singular only cause, but I'm saying there is reason why it would cause. Let me show you some of the reasons. You see, when people reject God, they reject creation because they've rejected the creator. They've rejected that he created us as men and women, as sexual reproduction beings, that he created us for reproduction. And so they reject their own biology as determining life's choices. <laughs> there was a phrase that came out in the 70s. Biology is not destiny, was the cry. It's the rejection that God has actually determined our biology. People reject God and therefore they reject relationships as well as the means and the way to live in God's image, as the means and way to have and to raise children. Relationships are not as fundamentally important when you are the individual. Individualism is foreign to Christian thinking, but normal in Western secularist thinking. It's because, you see, people reject God that they reject the wonder and value of human life the wonder and value of another person's life. And I know you'll say, oh, no, I know. And I, I don't believe in God, but I see the wonder of a birth and the like. And I'm saying, no, the valuation is very different. <laughs> it can be seen in, in Peter Singer's writings, for example, where he will not only speak of the rightness of abortion before birth, but also the death, the infanticide, if you like, of a child in the first 12 months of, of life if that child doesn't meet the expectations, hopes, aspirations of the parents, if there is some other reason. The valuing of every life just because of its life in the image of God is, is one of the shifts that's happened across the last 150 years in our Western civilization, eugenics and the, the terrible consequences of eugenics, it's not come out of Christianity. It's come out of the rejection of God. And because people reject God, they've become materialists, naturalists, who reject sacrifice as a way of life to serve others because now the purpose of life has to do with happiness. Ultimately, my own happiness. Uh, other people are there to serve my happiness. They're to be loved when they want to be loved by, and, and I want to love them, and they're to be ignored when I don't. Uh, Self-centeredness is the essence of materialistic happiness. Let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But paying the price of genuine sacrificial love, that requires a different motivation, an understanding of God 
in creation at our role given by God to serve one another and an understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ and his laying down his life for us, not his friends but his enemies. So given God's created order of mothers and fathers, God calls upon us to honour our mother. But it's not natural for sinful people to do that, which is why we need the commandment and the reminder. But how? How do we honour our mothers? Well, here are three quick tips, each provable from the Bible. The first is obey. As a child, you are to obey your mother. Why, even Jesus obeyed his parents. We read in Luke 2, verse 51, that he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Secondly, it's to bring the respect as an adult, to give up childish ways. The book of Proverbs again says, The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a a wise son delights in him. May your father and your mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. (laughs) When the parents see their children acting rightly as adults, it brings honour and glory to the parents. And thirdly, is to provide for them in their old age. There's a chapter in Paul's writings to Timothy, uh, it's 1 Timothy chapter 5, about widows in particular. And he says, Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. If anyone doesn't provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So, mothers, wonderful creation of God, that he has brought us to life through our mothers. And the wonderful work that our mothers have done, not just bringing us into this world, but enabling us to live in this world and raising us up to serve and honour each other and the Lord Jesus Christ in particular. These women we must honour, not just our own mother, but any woman giving her life to raise another needs to be honoured. Let's pray. We do thank and praise you, Heavenly Father, for our mothers. We thank and praise you for the work that they did in bringing us to life, the risk that changed the life that it meant for them. We do pray, Heavenly Father, that we may honour them with our lips and with our lives as we seek to bring glory to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this new podcast from Philip Jensen and Two Ways Ministries. Philip will be bringing to you new regular episodes on a variety of topics and current issues. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with his latest.